Hello and welcome to this special edition of the ANF podcast. Totally caffeined up and ready to go with me, Scott Casson Rennie, and himself. High energy Al Coates. Yeah. High energy me. Al Coates. Me. Yeah, oh, hey. This is unusual for us. We're doing it daytime. It's on a Sunday because I'm going on yeah. holiday. But we thought we needed to do a podcast about the government's response to the care review. So we're doing it on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Yeah. Who does stuff like this on a Sunday? We I do. don't know, but my all my family have gone out, which is, um, they had to go out. Well, no, I was given a free pass because uh, my mum's been a bit unwell, quite very seriously unwell. Yeah. Um, and I've been up and very down true. the country a zillion times where they said, you need to just stay at home. So in th- what I thought I'd do with my spare time is I'd swat up on the care review and um, then have a mm-hmm. podcast with you. Two of my favourite things in the world. Yeah, and then we're going to do a website afterwards, aren't we? <gasps> oh, yeah, we're going to have a very serious <laughs> grown-up conversation about how I'm. Am I allowed to touch the website? Am I allowed to change things? And if I, if it. Oh no no You're no! We didn't say anything about changing things. We can add, but we do not change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. <sighs> yes. I'm going to. So I'm going to wait for. Uh, yeah, I'm going to wait for two weeks and. I will be checking in on the website every hour when I have Wi-Fi. I am fanning myself just thinking about the stress of this, honestly. But anyway. Refresh, 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 it'll refresh. Be, yeah, it, it'll be all good. And then if it does go wrong, there'll be one chance to put it right. And if it's not put right, then the password will be changed again. <laughs> excellent, excellent. No, honestly, I promise to be really, really good. I'm, I'm not going to do anything I shouldn't do, honestly. Anywho... Anywho, well, I guess we, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be absolutely honest with you. I, I, we joked about high energy, low energy, but um, this this government response to the care of you feels like a total, like, uh, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> well, I just said to you beforehand, are we surprised? Oh. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. Oh, but, but, yeah, no, I'm not surprised, but I think it's set in context. I was thinking, so, like, we spoke to Will Quince in whatever it was, June, July, can't remember exactly now. Um, and there was a I had a really I had a real sense of optimism that we would see something that was going to be helpful. But since then, yeah. the government have set fire to all the money. And yeah. uh, there is no more money, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And we've had three, is this our third? Is it Claire Cotino? Well, Cotino? Oh, let me get that right. Cotino. That's like him. Cotino. That's quite important. Yeah. Yeah. I think Coutinho. that I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think that's helped because the person who commissioned the care review isn't even there. So you know, um, was yeah. it commissioned for a reason? Yes, it probably was. Was it commissioned by somebody who cared? Maybe who knows? Um, I'll say that people don't care, but uh, it just seems like it was. Um, it wasn't a once in a lifetime opportunity that was taken. It was just uh, um, let's just do this, and then we can say we've done it, and then. You know, nah. we'll give some money to it, but nowhere near yeah. what it needs. No, it it feels really poor, and I think it was off the back of the um, it was a manifesto commitment to do a uh, once in a generation review of the care system, mm-hmm. um, and it just feels like that ship has sailed. So much crap has hit the fan since then, 
And we're just yeah. left with this, which feels like a really interesting response. But I, I guess we don't want to give away out how we feel about the government's response, do we? We want to be neutral and impartial. Oh, we we might have done that. Well, there's some bits in it that I think are interesting, and there's some bits in it I think that are controversial. Um, so yeah. shall mm -hmm. we kind of troll our way through it? We're not, it's not going to be a long podcast. So, you know, people are like already sort of trying to get their or... heads in the gas oven or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. um, so the response came out in the second, and um, the basically, I mean, it's a huge document, and I'll not pretend to have read every single word of the document. Um, but they can't. It's 220 it pages out. Oh, I know, but some of it will be like, oh, I don't know. Some oh, of yeah, it will no, be like no, I mean, that, logistics. When you think 220, 220 pages is a lot of pages, and you would have thought that, you know, spending time doing 220 pages would have meant that there would be, you know, it would have been as thorough as we, as everybody hoped it would have been. And, yeah. You know, well, I'm just saying, 220 know. pages is a lot, a lot yeah. of pages. It's well, it is, and some of it's detail, isn't it? It's like, you know, are we going to do these things? How are they going to be set up? And what are the, you know, what are the, you know, there'll be some of that interesting stuff, which is again interesting if you're, if you're kind of a bit of a policy wonk, which I am not. Um, no, but there was six pillars. Let's go through the six pillars and then let's go look, look at some of the, um, the, the responses from different sectors because I think they're interesting how they have been characterized and how different communities have reacted to that. So we've 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 be feverishly I say we we've been feverishly um, <laughs> reading all of the information and collating all of that on a wonderful note. So we shared notes here. So um, so pillar one of the government's response is to is for family help provides the right support at the right time so children can thrive in their families. Meh. It just feels like yeah. a. Well, we better oh, well, put that first because then that makes it look like, you know, yeah. that that's what we're about. Yeah. I mean, I guess before we even get that, I suppose we should have said that the the Josh McAllister, it's known as the McAllister Care Review now, which I think is really interesting, or the McAllister Review. So that's his name in perpetuity, in infamy. Um, they He said, I think, 2.6 billion, 2.3 billion, 2 billion. It's a lot of money. He said, we're needed within the next two years. And how much did the yeah. government price? 200 million which is I mean, it's a lot of money but it's not it is a lot of money but it's not a lot it's a lot well, of money yeah. but it's not a lot yeah it, 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 yeah it's a bit of a smoke screen isn't it because you think of it in terms of you know our personal budgets it's yeah <laughs> a lot of money but it's not um, and I heard one person sort of compare it to the social service budget for Leeds for one year is 190 million yeah so in the scheme of 152 local authorities with budgets, maybe more, maybe less than that, that this yeah. is, this is a pinprick in that kind of that thing. Yeah. yeah pillar two is a decisive multi-agency child protection system. What? Uh, uh, what does that even mean? Yeah, it's just words, isn't it? You'll have to dig in. People have to dig in. Um, Oh, I think this is where it gets so really interesting. By was... being decisive, that things are going to move along quicker rather than kind of, you know, pushing cases yeah. round, decisions round. Yeah. Um, and multi-agency, what agencies? Uh, you know, I mean... Yeah. And so, it, I mean, the government are going to have to are running out these out as pilots. And I kind of understand that logic to an extent. You think, well, you don't want to just kind of go, hey, this is, we accept everything that he said, or we just can do it. Because mm. I think... 
there's been plenty of people who criticized the care review outcomes and you can't, you've got to be evidence-based. So you, there's got to be a bit of that, but actually we, we were just kicking it down the can, which again reflects, you know, Josh McAllister said, you know, the idea is that we get it done and we get it done so we can get, get it all in place for the next, by, by the end of this parliamentary term. Mm. All we'll have done is we'll have got to the end of this pilots in some regards. So it is, yeah. I feel like this is, they've just kicked this up the road and said, Labour are going to have to sort this out. That's probably, uh, because. Mm, I didn't think like it, that, but yeah. Oh, I thought, I thought, mm. yeah, because remember when we first spoke to Josh, which would have been not last summer, the summer before, so that'd be 2021. It was very much like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to come up with these recommendations. We're going to, and we're going to, you know, we'll have this legislative system change and it'll all be done within the the length of this parliament. But since then, yeah. there's been so much chaos, like, pa- like political absolutely. and financial chaos. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, pillar three, I think, is the one interesting one. So maybe you can reflect on what uh, we, the kinship response to be this is unlocking the potential of family networks. And in the midst of all that is the invest. Now, this, I think, is in really interesting. Invest nine million in the training and support offer to all kinship carers, which includes legal and like those with a legal order and those with not. Nine million pounds. Yeah. <laughs> That's three sessions I mean, with you again, and me, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, you know, nine million is a lot of money, but in this respect, it's not. It's sod all. Um, I don't but, see how that's going to stretch. You know, given rise in kinship care. Right whether it's, right. you know, written down on a bit of paper or not. But it's, um... Right, I'm going to do some maths. So um, forgive me while I'm maths on the podcast. So £9 million divided by 180,000 yeah, children. It's 50 quid each. Yeah. Right, every child in kids, <laughs> 50 quid each. So... <laughs> Oh, I just swore there. I'm yeah, sorry. maybe I'm missing if the I point. If I swore, if you could hear the swear. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, I think I think that, like you said there a minute ago, if this, if this was a personal budget, you'd be like, oh, wow. Okay. So it, is it just, let's put a million in. Let's put the million on the end. So it seems like a lot of money. I don't know. It, it's absolutely nothing. And, and we have to remember those figures are the ones that we know about, you know. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. include those that are doing it in private for whatever reasons, and you know they're they're not nobody's aware of them. Yeah, and but it was interesting because we I I wonder whether we spoke to Sam Turner, didn't we? Uh, yeah, one night ago, That's and cool. I wonder whether he's already got the response. I, w- I wonder whether they'd been given a a, a copy to so that they could because everyone had their response ready to go. And you don't, yeah. you know, you can't just give people a 200 page document at midnight and say, we want a response no. by 7 a.m. Yeah. I wonder. They would have had it in advance, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I, oh, he, he told us the Wednesday and it was then pushed back to the following week. And then I heard someone say, I was at another event with the, one of the, someone from the ADCS, the Association of Directors of Children's Services, was saying, oh, something's happened in government. So it's been pushed back another day. I wonder whether, yeah. whether this has been sat on people's, desks for a while yeah yeah and um, i i've got have you read the kinship kinship of that's a kind of a they've done a, like an interesting graphic logo thing if you got the kinship charity and they've sort of said yeah well thank you you know that but what else can they yeah. say 
Well, exactly. And you know what? If they want to stay at the table, then they've got to. Um, yeah. And I think covered. they've covered... Um, so they've their website, um, kinship.org.uk, um, if you pop there, um, they've put some wins and some things yes. that are good and then some things that they're like, <clears throat> not good. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's a nine points of pool. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, nine points. Um, and whilst they've welcomed it, you know, obviously it's, it doesn't cover everything that they've, you know. Yeah. So it's a political game. All the people who are charities are not going to come out swinging because they just, they, they, they can't afford to. They're doing the dance. And if they want to sit at the table, they don't want to be like railing against the system. Exactly. Oh, so that was so that was a bit a bit unfortunate. So um the next pillar, which uh is um which I think is a fantastic pillar, um, is putting love, relationships and and a stable home at the heart of being a child in care, which is great. I mean I totally agree with the the, the, the sentiment. Mm-hmm. But I'm a bit curious about some of the things. So one of the things is they're going to set up an expert group to review the standards of care, regulations, and guidance. So 2011 is the last set of guidance we had and last set of sets, 10, 11 years old. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one of the problems with fostering, is this a reflection of mine, is that we have no national body. And Mark Oza said this, that we've got no national, like the adoption reference group, or sorry, the yeah. adoption leadership board. We had that, but now we've got the REA leadership We've got no like one voice that speaks for fostering. We've got the fostering network, but that speaks for foster care carers. It's well, yeah, that's yeah. They're not they're not for agencies, are they? And you know, you're right. No. But, but when they're saying two regional care cooperatives, I mean that that sounds very similar to REAs in terms of you know put some leaders in there to pilot. Um, um, they're saying reduce costs. Well, good luck. Um, just movement and to develop i think given see this is the wrong way around for me as in they're piloting this they didn't pilot ras they just told them to get on with it um yeah i think that you know if they piloted ras and no they did pilot the ras no they didn't are you sure yeah i'm positive they piloted the asf in some of the areas in some of the local authorities didn't they yes all right i i stand corrected but that's but that's by the by, really. I mean, you know, it's nothing to do with this. But all I'm saying is, you know, it's a great idea that they're going to pilot it, um, and hopefully, you know, they will learn a little bit from the RAs as well in terms of how they've done it. Um, I, mean, I know it's going to Logistics. be very different because it's very, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but um, yeah, uh, well, let's see what, how that one goes. I mean, in my view, it's a good idea. Um, yeah. And I just hope that they have this a very similar outcome where they have a leader for the regional care cooperatives, or maybe they need to have one now rather than in two, three years' time, like they did, you know, with Sarah Joel. She's coming after all the REAs are set up. It'd be really good, you know. I think it was Mark Orr, yeah, yeah. the REA person. Yeah, he was part of that yeah. shebang. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but that was only during the setup. That wasn't in terms of, you know developing progressing and all that sort of stuff so you know it's great to yeah. see that right right now rather than you know yeah. four years time no i think that's a good point so i think that one of the things of the cooperatives is that they would hope to reduce costs as in that they would be able to not have to use agencies which I, you know i work for an independent foster care agency so i'm not ugh. but i think that there is a there is value in 
So if you've got three local authorities, they can say, hey, have you got any carers for this child? And then it reduces mm, yeah. movement. So children yeah, are staying within a locality and yeah. then the sufficiency. So I think there's some potential, you know, good stuff there. Yeah. I think my second point for me is reducing, reducing costs. That's fine. But actually, it's, it should be about maintaining maintaining the spend, but being able for it to go further, if that makes sense. So if they're going to form these cooperatives, they're going to save money on various different things, but that money could be used for other things rather than them just, you know, develop the, the service. The local authority is saying, well, you've not spent, I don't know, two million, uh, you've underspent by two million this year or underspent, yeah. Um, so we were not going to give you that, you know, rather than thinking, right, that two million should be used for this. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, yeah. Well, that's uh, cool. That's, yeah. Um, um, and the other thing about this pillar four, um, as well, you know yourself, you've been a foster care, I've been a foster care, you are a social yeah. worker in foster care. Um, putting love relationships in a stable home, the heart being the child in care is great until it comes to potentially the practice of it. Um, when we think about the risks that are involved, you know, we were always kind of steered away from declaring our ever everlasting love for a Affection child. Affection is a tricky issue, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. So I'd be interested to see how they're going to get up. I guess that's when they set up the expert group to review the standards and what have you. That'll come out of that, I would hope. Um, but that's easier yeah. said than done, especially if you've got, you know, no offence, but if you've got a rogue social worker who really thinks, you know, doesn't really want to develop the system, then, you know, how does that work? That's when things go a bit wrong. Oh, I mean, it's just, I think foster care is a super tanker that the turn to to turn around. I think it's a really tricky one. Um, one of the other things was in relation to recruitment um, and retention. Um, with the twenty-seven million pounds being sort of put into it over the next two years, which is a lot of money into recruitment and retention, yeah. but I think it desperately needs it. I know we've in my work we've been we we've always sort of recruited through word of mouth, which we've always seen as that that's kind of the gold standard for recruitment because you want because you want our families to tell people, hey, come and do this, it's a good thing. But so they naturally filter; they don't ask their crazy auntie; they ask their nice auntie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're just seeing that dry up. People are just, you know, it's just financially, it's just really tricky. It's a really tricky time. It's been a, yeah, interesting few years. Um, yeah. And and what's interesting about that, <clears throat> that part of it, the 27 million, is my first instinct is to say, why would you spend 27 million pounds <laughs> in retention? However, we know, and, you know, we've had Sarah from Foster Wiki Wiki Wah on, um, and we've talked to a number of people. Um, that people are leaving in their droves yeah. being foster carers because of the cost of living. Um, because yeah. it's not, you know, that's having a very bad impact on um, how they, how they're not necessarily how they're able to look after children, but how they can live. Um, so I get that that money is probably needed for it, and it is something that will probably deliver for twenty years. So in terms of an investment, that that is kind of an investment if it's going to. Um, you know, if, yeah. if that program is going to is going to last for twenty years and it's going to guarantee that we get carers coming back into the system, however, like I say, if it's the cost of living that's making people leave, then that's something that you know that's going to cost way more than twenty seven million to solve that one. That's conditions, isn't it? And pay and the issues yeah. that we spoke to um, Richard uh, 
forgot, forgive me, I forgot his name, head of the National Union of Foster Providers, uh, Foster Professional yeah. Foster Carers, and you, FBC, whatever. Um, so I think that, uh, but then if you've got, if you've got, let's say they same similar to the REAs, you've got 30 regional cooperatives, you you can then spread that budget. You can, it feels like you can pool resources um, instead of having every roundabout, having a different local authority or different foster care agency saying, hey, come and foster care for us. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> um, mm. I have to confess in the middle of all of this, adoption didn't, there's no mention of adoption, which is, uh, I don't think anyone was expecting that. So Adoption UK have been a little bit like, Meh, whatever. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, but adoption has been a focus for the last, well, since 20, well, since since 20, the expert advisory group, really. 13, That's when that became. Yeah, 2012, 2013. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that whilst it would have been nice to see maybe something in there, I, I'm, <laughs> I think we've had quite a lot of attention, yeah. actually. And I think that, you know, it's clear why we needed the attention because it needed, um, it needed that work, but and it's not yeah. perfect, but it's damn sight better than it was. So, you know, and this has to go. With that's it. true. I have to confess, I got told off by Sarah Johal on the internet this week. Oh, I don't know you noticed that. Yeah, because I was no. listening to the radio at half past six on Friday morning and there was there was a debate or there was a, comments, a few common speeches about this. And um, at the end of the TV, at the end of the report, um, the whoever was hosting the video said, yeah, so we've got 200 uh, million over the next two years for this care review, uh, you know, the government mm. response. Um, uh, but in the midst, and then ran, sort of quite randomly, they said, oh, you've got, this is what I thought they said, um, over the next two years, three years, we're spending 160 million on recruitment. And I went, what the hell? And tweeted it, you know, think, think, tweet. Um, <laughs> actually, tweet, think. Um, and then later in the day, I got a, like a, a DM, like and, and lots of people were, you know, right, you know, righteous anger burned bright on the internet. And um, and then Sarah Jahal, like later in the day, obviously, you know, the end of a working day, she's going through Twitter, not like us two, middle of our working day. Um, she, <gasps> I know, don't tell our employers. Um, she said, actually, it's only 500k per year over the next three years, which is still a lot of money, but it's not by in, in sort of national campaign standard. That's small beer, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, and then I went back yeah. and listened to Radio 4 um, using the BBC Sounds app and it said recruitment and uh, support. So I, I pulled my hands up. I was as wrong as big wrong Ron. Well, I've just, anyway. just seen it now. So her exact tweet. So you said, listening to the HOC debate about the government's response to the care of you. Yeah, it's disappointing in a piecemeal response. Meanwhile, this is how you parent. Huh? This is how you parent by shaming yes, your children. <laughs> Meanwhile, 160 million on adopter recruitment over the next three years. That's recruitment only and not even an outcome for children. You were very antsy, weren't you? Um, mm. And she responded, Al, that's not factually correct. Adopter recruitment is 500k per year for the next two years. I agree that 200 million is not enough for what is required. I'm just giving balance to the conversation here by reading it no, out. Yeah. Word for I mean, word. I, I can't believe that Sarah Johal would be cross when she was doing that. She was, because um, I'd actually seen, I've, I met Sarah Johal this week, but that's another story. And um, I didn't meet her. I, I was in a queue in security with, with her. That's another story. <laughs> that's like, oh, that's yeah. even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, 
<laughs> I tried to get my microphone into the House of Commons, uh, a Lords, and uh, sh- we were in there, and then like this burly man said, "You ain't bringing that in, mate." And I went, no. Well, no. Yeah. no one told me yeah. though. It wasn't on the list of things I couldn't bring. There was like knives and machetes and hand grenades you can't bring, you know, obvious, but not microphone. Um, yeah. Anyway, we're 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 right, anyway, we can yeah. track somewhat. Um, so pillar five. Oh right, now this is where. Go on. Was it, it a valued, supported? Oh, yeah. So I, I have seen this. A valued, supported, and highly skilled social worker for every child who needs one. And that is an interesting declaration. Because well, are they saying that that's not what happens already? Uh, well, so Secret well. Squirrel got on. Secret Squirrel sent me a message. Um, <laughs> Hi, Squirrel, if you're listening. Yeah, I think he does listen. And uh, he joined some dots for us. But, um, and he, and he, funnily oh, enough, because no, normally it's, he, he just shares facts with me, but this time he was like, this might be a conspiracy theory, this one. Um, but what is interesting in the midst of all this is, so you've got Josh McAllister who lit, rolled out the front line, but then the education teachers had, they had this early you know, this early years in practice kind of thing that was lent out. I can't remember the exact phrase. But anyway, it was like a five-year plan where you, for your first five years of being qualified and in practice as a teacher, you went through this process. Uh, and there's a really interesting article, by uh, a thread by, um, if you go on that online, by Joe Hanley, who is a friend of the show. Anyway, that's a, he's kind of a friend of the show. I don't think he's been on the show, mm. but he probably will be on the it's show. Not um, but he... Did, he's doing some social work research into podcasts, and he included us, and that's the link. Do you see how that? Because he was, we that we linked. So it's all all these little, these spider web of connections. Uh, mm-hmm. He's written a fantastic thread about the connection between that and Josh McAllister, and then now because he's no longer works for Frontline, but yeah, does he? And who else is involved like in the higher powers? Because the principal social work is all of this kind of interesting. Joining the dots saying there's real ambiguity about whether this works for teachers. Um, the ed, Even the Department for Education sort of said, well, we're not sure this works for teachers. And a lot of the teachers said mm-hmm. it didn't work. Uh, they just didn't find it helpful. It was just workload. Um, now, if the average, it, after average length of a child protection social worker, their career is seven years, and the first five of them, you're going to be in your early years progression. It's like, it's going to be like two thirds of your professional career is going to be under this system and we've already got a system which is called the assisted um the asy which is the assisted year um as assisted and supported year in i don't know what the e stands for anyway it's practice i've years since i did mine um and so i think that it's it feels like a bit of a there's a lot of people going what is this going to work and are you are we feathering someone's nest here that's the question. Mm. Um, yeah. oh, and I think the issue you said is that, oh, gee, thanks. You know, you're just saying to everyone who's doing social work going, actually, you're pretty mm. rubbish. So we're going to get make it better. And you go, oh, thanks yeah. a bunch. And I think we, I, I think the biggest criticism that, criticism that I see about social work is that social workers move on so fast. So children get used to a social worker and then that social worker leaves or moves to this agency or moves to that agency. So there's no, you know, like, so I think that, if you're going to try and fix something, it should be that um, and value the workforce, you know, and, and you yeah. crack on all the time about, you know, the, the investment in workforce that was promised many moons ago. Don't I? 
<laughs> do crack on about it. Um, to the point where I switch off a lot. It's like listening to my husband. Um, but you know, <laughs> but it's right. Is it not right? It is right. It's right that you know the the, the workforce needs investment. Um, but for you know, for reasons to to keep them there, not because yeah. they're not good at their jobs. Um, you know, yes, we know there's rogue social workers, but there's rogue foster carers, there's rogue doctors, there's rogue, you know, there's rogue everywhere. Um, but you know, if we invest and we commit to social workers like we're going to, like they're saying they will to foster carers, then that's 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 what the outcome should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this week we got a, a, I think it was a message through one of the things from a social worker who is an adoptive parent as well. And they qualified just as the ASF came into being and they worked in a post-adoption support team. And she said, I really thought that I was going to be working as a post-adoption support worker, working directly with children and families, offering, you know, not ther- not like therapy, but offering low-level therapeutic interventions, which is often what people need at a very start, you know, that often things can be headed off the path. Not always, but, yeah. you know, rather than people coming at when things are dire, that just supporting families through really kind of just ongoing work. And she said, all I've done is ASF assessment applications. That's all I've done. She said, and mm-hmm. they were looking at some statistic and she says, it's just, it is 90% of her work is just filling in forms for families, which yeah. if you're one of those families, that's massive, you know, important, but actually, um, yeah. uh, which then links into the stuff we had through the, uh, the RAA, which was saying, you know, we need to, that we're going to reduce our reliance on the ASF and build our workforce, which I think is a great idea. But if I was in that uh, in that area, I'd probably be flapping, thinking, "What about me ASF?" Um, hmm. So it's it's holding those two things in tension, isn't it? But the writing's on the wall. I don't think the ASF will not get past the next spending review. I would put money on it if I. I mean, I, please prove me wrong, but I just can't see it getting past the next spending review. Can you? Um, I think well. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, justifiably, justifiably a need for it. But when we see things coming out from agencies saying that they're trying to reduce the dependency on things like therapy and what have you, which, you know, we know has started very recently, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's uh, a risky business to, to start kind of messing with stuff that is required um, however, the way it's funded isn't ideal, and and that's you know because there's no there's no um, guaranteed kind of yeah it's, it's not guaranteed it's going to be there in ten ten years time. We go from year to year, wondering where we're going to get our support from. Yeah, and we will release the family futures uh, episode shortly, probably end of the month. And um, yeah, that that is in the mix as well. You know how to family. You know that yeah. therapy is expensive, and mm. ex- you know and Really, specialist therapy is really expensive. Anyway, um, uh, what's what's the last one on the list there? And uh, I think we've probably we've gone through an awful lot. Um, uh, right. Oh well, this is like a pillar six: a system that continuously learns, improves, and makes better use of evidence and data. Which is, yeah, how can how can we argue with that? <clears throat> but what are you going to do? Mm. Well, uh, and is this similar to what the ALB used to produce in terms of reporting and, you know, figures and facts and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Who knows? Who knows what that what that intends to do? But 
I mean, it should be there anyway, should it not? I mean, we're in the year 2023. We've got blimmin' technology that, you know, um, yeah, anyway. That's, oh, absolutely. That's, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think that if people want to read more, I think there's some really interesting writing by Christian Kemp, who I know, um, and he is a social worker, social work academic. I would, imp- um, um, I would, um, let I would go onto Twitter and look up Christian Care and Becca Pierre, Rebecca Pierre. Uh, she's written for the Guardian as well. Some really interesting, and I don't. We've drawn on a lot of responses from a lot of people uh, in our little thing. There's some really good. Um, there is some really good writing out there from the Guardian and Community Care and Children and Young People. Now, yeah. I think the 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 one that I thought was really interesting was Lem Sisse. I don't know whether you saw his response. Well, it wasn't a response necessarily, but it was a sort of a scathing attack at uh, Rachel D'Souza, who's the Children's Commissioner. And yeah. um, I thought, oh, you're not pulling your punches there, Lem. I thought that was just spot on. You know, you... I have to be honest. <laughs> I, I totally agree with what he's saying because, um, yeah, I mean, never met her. But no. I was always very wary of that appointment anyway and doesn't seem to put the head above the parapet to kind of do as much as the previous children's commissioner. I may be wrong, I don't know. But I kind of, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And do you know what? Sometimes it takes someone like them to, to actually be that bloody blunt direct and say, you're not doing your job properly for yeah. young people. So sort your life out. Yeah. I think a great advocate for children in the care system and a, you know, a man with a remarkable story. So that was really good. Um, I think that, do you know what I really think? I think that it's just going to disappear. I think this is all going to get swallowed up. It's the, 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 the pilots will happen. And yeah. in two years time, they'll come to a natural conclusion and the liberal government will be left holding a baby, the baby. And it may just be that, because again, not everything that was said by the review was sort of accepted as the right thing to do. Like I haven't seen any mention of the issue around independent reviewing officers, which yes. um, Will Quince was saying, Hey, we're going to need to, you know, is that the right thing to do to get rid of them? All that detail's got, seems to be just lost. I mean, it might be in the 225 pages, but I'm not, can I be honest? I'm not going to commit myself to reading the 225 pages. It's not my job. This is a hobby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like the response from the Liberal Democrats, Education and Children's Spokesperson. Oh, what did they say? So Munira Wilson, I think. The Independent Review of Children's Social Care said that more than $2 billion is needed for over four years to plug the gap. This response ducks the big decisions and kicks them into the long grass. And I Boom. think that's probably, yeah, that's probably actually the most accurate response. Um, I mean, God help us if we ever cut a Liberal Democrat government. But, you know, um, well, you have to be honest about these kinds of things, don't you? Um, but you know that is that is the response that that's needed, um, and I would I would say that's probably spot on, spot on. Yeah, I've not seen anything of the of Labour's response. I've not. I mean, I've almost got myself punch drunk reading stuff about this. Um, mm. So I'm not going to read any more. But um, I would have thought I would be interested to see what Helen Hayes has if I can find it. I can't. It, it, it's just you're trawling through lots of stuff before you yeah. get to the stuff if you know what i mean so yeah um, yeah so, so I, 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 
But I also wanted to ask you, because before we started recording, you said something about the social work response. And, and what, what, so what's well, the, well, I think, what's the word on the street, Al? Well, I think there's, I think I mentioned, you know, about just the concerns around the workforce development that, you know, we, I, I don't know. I think we all, a lot of social workers want to see effective changes, a lot of progressive social workers. Um, you know, and I think even the chat we had with two, the two adoption social workers really, really reflects that, that people come into social work because they want to make a difference. But they yeah. get ground down by the system. And, and I observe that in my work. It's, you, you see some yeah. very good social workers who are just overworked. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, their capacity to do anything really well is just limited by the quantity of their work. Um, so I think it's, we've got to look at the academics who were often digging around. So the, you know, the likes of Christian Kerr and Joe Henley, um, yeah. Rebecca Pierre, who's got that unique, unique perspective on it. Mm. And I think that just keeping an eye on what they're saying, because they, you know, like someone like Joe's got lots, it's, it's, it's a big part of what he does. Um, and yeah. so he writes and so he, he kind of digs around and we need people to dig around and we need, mm. you know, when you look at all the complicated links between Who's getting, you know, when, when the government's setting up like a 45 billion scheme to, to him to support early help, who's getting that contract? And are yeah. they just, is it some of these neocons? And I think that the social workers, that's our job is to kind of dig around, but journalists as well. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, can I tell you about somewhere I went this week as a, as a little riposte to the, the bleakness? Just before we leave that, I did want to oh, just mention what? one thing that I did read. <laughs> I did read something on Twitter, or was it, I can't remember where it was actually. I, oh, oh, yes, it might have been. And it's, it it focused in on the lack of um, care experience voices. All right. And I thought that that was quite a strange claim because... I mean, I I see these voices all the time. You know, we we've spoke to um, a couple of people on the podcast um, who've been quite critical of of um, the review. Um, you know, we've spoken to them mm-hmm. in the conversation space. They're there. They're they're really trying to. Improve. I just thought it was a very strange claim to make that you know that that people don't realise that they are there um, and. Yeah, I don't know what my point is to mention that, but I think I think they are there. I I would think they're there, and I think they're trying yeah. to make a difference. And I, I mean, just I didn't get it. Definitely. Well, I think that I mean, when we spoke to Becca Pierre, she was talking about the work she was doing in relation to the Free Love on Fridays book. She was talking about you know that yeah we getting even getting sort of the straight line sort of care experience people getting their views is difficult enough. But it's the margin. It's the people who are right on the fringes that are just not, you know, the the the, the adult men in prison, the you know yes. people who you know people are homeless. You just no one's no one's even trying, I presume, yeah. effectively. Um, yeah. But I was I did think as well about the experts by experience who had sort of been part of this implementation board. They, it's interesting because some of them, um, is it Chris Wilde, quite critical of the government's response. Um, mm. And but probably very much hand in uh, have worked hard at this, and you think they've play, they've put themselves on the line for this, and it they they really have sold up the river. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, people like uh, Jenny Malloy and Chris Wilde yeah. and Janet Kay and all that. I mean, they have put their they've put their backs into this. They've they've come under severe criticism for for you know being involved in it even. Um, and yeah, I 
I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think that that's, um, you know, yeah, anyway. But they've been sold up the river. Um, just a really quick notice. This week I went to two things, which was really exciting. I went to the report of the CVA. The CVA but the other thing, and I thought it was really worth writing, is I went to the Square Pegs event, which we had Square Pegs on uh, maybe uh, early lockdown, and their organisation that supports children's inclusion in school and trying to reduce exclusion. Um, I'm not going to say much more than that, I, but I just get a free book, so I'll, give you, I'll bring it to you, Scott. You can read it. You'll like it. It's got pictures and that. Well, they didn't, um, if they didn't invite me, why would I read their book? They they probably don't like you. Well, I'm getting that impression because that was two events that you got invited to as the ANF podcast, and my invite must have been lost in the podcast. I know, podcast. I got a name badge. I felt it was really, it's a really, I don't know, have you ever been to an event where you've got a name badge with the podcast on? I should ask, maybe. Oh. Um, well, if you ever do. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it may have something to do with the geography of it all i don't it's, know i'm just saying it's all geography it's all geography it's not personality <laughs> charisma qualifications uniqueness nerve talent as they say on rupaul <laughs> yeah boyish good looks um it it's just really odd having a, a label that said podcast because really interesting people come up to you and talk to you like people who yeah. know nothing about podcasts it's like you know you meet people and they, you, they read their name badges and you go oh what what do you do? And I go, oh, well, I'm um podcast. And you can see them going, really don't know what to say to you. Um, because if I said yeah. I was a social worker, they'd go, oh, social worker, social worker. But yeah, so, and then it turns out a lot of people do have podcasts. People go, oh, I was thinking of setting up a podcast. So, you know, yeah. Are you? Well, good luck with that. Good luck. Off you crack. Off oh, you pop. yes. Yes, I can re recommend C90 tips. You get much more recording on them. Um, <laughs> For when it all goes wrong, you've got it on backup. <laughs> Excellent, yes. Anywho, on that bombshell, I wish you'd seen that. Mm. I, I think we should crack on. You're off on your jollies tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, I need to pack now. Uh, yeah, HR informed me. HR informed me you're away in March as well. Yes, I am. Where the hell are you going in March? I'm going to Canada in March. How long for? A week. You're going to, is he going to away this month? Well, listen, this is this is something that you really need to be aware of when it comes to booking our little um, holiday that we're going on, hopefully, Easter. Um, when Trish says we're going away for a week, which is what we're going away for this time, so the, the cruise that we're going on is a week. I know, I know, I know, right? I'm conscious that, you know, you guys are living through a cost-of-living crisis and we are not too bad here, so we can still afford holidays. Um, anyway, uh -huh. um, so when Trish says we're going away for a week and then you get the dates and you're like, but that's two weeks. Yeah, because, you know, the flight costs and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so we're away for two weeks. And then I have to, when I come back, I have to go to Scotland to visit my aunt um, because I forgot about something that I booked to go and see with her. So that's two days after we get back. So right. that'll be another few days. Um, and then March, the something, I go to Canada for a week, um, which isn't going to be what it sounds, if that makes sense. It was originally going to be a nice jovial event, but um, sadly, one of my family is quite ill over there and um, oh. it'll probably be the last time that I get to see them. So, um, but yeah, going for a week, um, but I am going to try and enjoy it as much as possible. Um, and, you know, we, they're very close to Niagara Falls in Toronto, so I'm sure um, I'll have a great time. And um, I'm hopeful. I've been trying to set up some meetings with people who deal with FASD over there as well, because there's a lot of oh. a lot of um, 
people over there. So I might take a microphone, I might take the laptop, and I might record Excellent. some stuff for the podcast. Excellent. Would you um, bring me back? Some and if anybody tea? is listening and wants to, wants to hoop, I will be on that corridor between Toronto and Niagara Falls. I could even go to America because I've got my Esther if you're on the border. So if you fancy catching up, having a chat, give us a shot. Oh, I've got some contacts at FAST Ottawa. I don't know whether that's near, but they've got people all that's over. Nowhere, I know, but they've got but, people yeah. across Canada. So. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, so send them a message and tell them that I'm in the area and I'd love to speak oh, to them. So. Well, bring me back a lumberjack shirt. Everything will be fine. Anyway, on, on that bombshell. <laughs> You've got enough of them. <laughs> no, what, well, I know this is, I know we're way off piece here and no one could care less. If you've got this far, well done. Um, mm -hmm. I have decided that I'm going to reduce my wardrobe, my working wardrobe to down to three items, black jeans, black shirt, or a red and black shirt. Oh, wow. That's quite the admission to make. And um, I thought that's all you had anything, but No, no, I do have other shirts, um, but I just can't be asked. It just seems like yeah. so much like, like choosing. I just can't be. I just thought that makes my life. So, as I move into my 50s, I thought that just makes my life so much simpler. Yeah. And can I just ask one last question before we go? Um, Please do, yes. What What happened to the hair? <laughs> You're here. You're here, not the wife's hair. Because, we, you know, we've had Mar from home alone for about 12 months, I think. Right. So um, it was it was a weekend and I had, I think, this sort of does play into the black shirt, what red shirt thing is. I just, um, it was brewing and I just thought, you know, I'm just sick of it. It's just another thing in my life I have to fix. And it was like <laughs> taming it. And it was, I looked, I looked like a serial killer if I didn't do it well enough. Um, mm -hmm. Whatever yeah, a serial did. killer looks like. Um, and so I just mm -hmm. thought, you know, what? it's just so much simpler and so much you don't have to wash it. You don't have to take like stuff with you. So yeah, yeah. I might grow it back, but I, you know, it's just. Uh, I blame I, that social honest, worker, that, that that student social worker that left you all those um, hair styling products when you had no hair, and I think that was yes. kind of the catalyst for for when she gave you a leave-in present. It was all hair products. She was hinting you needed to grow your hair. Yeah, yeah. I've she, yeah. I've got like a bar of beard soap, which is really odd. Anyway. You have to wash to be able to use beer soap. But it was, and it was lemon flavour. It's really odd to kind of rubbing your face with lemons. It's just a bit odd. Anyway, I am. I'm literally. We've got things to do. I've got. Um, I've got a, a thing to prepare. I'm lecturing or yeah. something this week. So I've got, I've got, a I've got to training. Prepare. We've got training to do first. But um, yes, have a fabulous couple of weeks. I will be checking in. Yeah, excellent. Keep an eye on. I'm sure you will. Well, look after yourself yeah. and uh, remember, don't fall off the ship. I'll try not to. Excellent. Bon Jovi. Mm, Anchovy. Anchovy. <laughs> <laughs>